Hello and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast, where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. Today, we've got Netflix 116th film. It's the 2018 musical Been So Long. It's directed by Tinge Krishnan and it stars Michaela Cole, Arins Keane. Oh, and Erin's Kane. Only the two of them I've got. So I'm Jesse and I'm here with MJ. <laughs> Usually I'm used to reeling up a whole bunch. <laughs> you tripped yourself up. <laughs> I did. How are you doing? Yeah, good, mate. How are you? Yeah, good. We've got a, a musical today, which is um, something completely different from, from anything we've done in our 116-odd episodes. It's very true. We haven't done any musical and, like, uh, not even, like, close, like, not even, like, Things where songs are prominent like this is this is it number one musical yeah so we'll see uh what our thoughts are on this one i guess and we'll start with our fast flicks where we do a quick little summary of the film to to give us a bit of a feel for for what the, the film's about and uh start us off mj uh been so long is a love story within a modern day musical with an odd array of characters weirdly intertwined with each other hmm Yes, I like that. That was nice. Um, I've, I've said a single mum with a disabled daughter is too scared to let anyone into their lives, and it's told through some songs. Mm. Yep, that's that's good. Okay, so let's uh, move into the part where we talk about what we could find out about the making of the film, how it was put together, and I'm looking forward to hearing what you've got to share with me because I, I didn't have a lot. Yeah. Um, look, the first thing I learned, which obviously I didn't know whilst I was watching the film, that it is an adaptation of a, of a play or a, or a stage show. Um, makes sense, I guess, it's the musical component to it. Um, and in terms of this film becoming a piece of content on our TV screens, it was, uh, it was May 2017 when it got announced that the principal production of the film had already concluded in London, UK. So it was kind of doing its work in the behind the scenes for, for quite a while before it actually became uh, quite common knowledge. So the film itself was developed by the BFI and co-finance by Film4 um, with funding from their national lottery in the UK. And then Netflix came on board uh, when this film was actually in post-production after they saw some first footage in Cannes. So uh, they, were, they were still in the editing stage when Netflix uh pre-bought i guess you could say the worldwide rights because the film hadn't officially been finished um they pre-bought the worldwide rights uh it was reported that it was a multi-million dollar deal so at that point it was the single largest acquisition of a uk film by netflix at the time um and then as it stands because the film wasn't finished or actually no as it stands because this is what netflix do anyway it was obviously rebranded as a netflix original uh it was released worldwide on the 26th of october in in 2018 so netflix from all reports had very little to do with the pre-production stage of things it wasn't like they wanted to come on board and make wholesale changes they were pretty happy to trust the vision of the filmmakers and um they obviously just saw it as a property that would be a nice opportunity for them to branch out maybe in the uk but also in general um having a musical as we, as we spoke about we haven't had one before yeah i, I think um yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued to know a little bit. Like, I look, tried to look in, you mentioned at the start about it being based on um, a musical that was in about 2009, mm. I think, which in itself was based on a stage show from the late 90s. Now, to right. me, and I'm, you know, we're not getting into our early thoughts or anything yet, but I'm really intrigued to see the difference between the, just the, not the musical, but the stage show and the musical, just, um, just True. to see the flow and the run because, um, yeah, I think uh, it'd be it'd be quite interesting to see 
parts of the the dialogue and the the show um, intertwine rather than in song. So I, yeah, I, I think that was a that's a really interesting way to to sort of do it at times. And I know it happens a lot. A lot of you know mm. books and and things are turned into stage shows and then musicals. So it's sort of that path that that can be taken. Um, you mentioned, uh, yeah, so it opened at the London Film Festival, um, 12th of October, so a couple of weeks before it hit Netflix, which is um, a, a pretty big festival in the UK. And I think that's where it's picked up a, a, a bit of um, a bit of critical reviews, which we'll look at very, very soon. Um, mm-hmm. But I've got my little translation uh, t- part where I've got what it, um, what it translated into, into different languages. So because I, yeah, I, we'll talk about the title of this one a bit later on, I think, because um, I got some questions about it, which uh, which confused mm. me. But but in um, Poland, it's called Missing Love. In mm. Portugal, it's called At the Rhythm of Seduction, which I thought made it sound like, mm. yeah, very interesting. Um, and in Spain, it's called And Everything Changed. So they're just some ones that, that the translation was quite a little bit different to the actual um, final f- title for this film. In the Rhythm of Seduction is... It works for me. I it's that's the best of best of a lot, I reckon. Yeah, it's um it's always good just to see, you know, what, what gets translated in into to other countries. Um shot in and around London, uh, like we mentioned, and, and it was nominated for an award at the British Independent Film Awards in twenty eighteen. Uh, it was nominated for the most promising newcomer for Michaela Cole, um, who plays Simone in this film. But I guess uh we could talk about some critical consensus now. Yeah, definitely. Um Look, the one thing I will add about what you were talking about, the stage show, or sorry, more, more so the musical to, to film is, from what I can gather, is that the film was pretty true to keeping all the songs. I think there was a discussion about whether they do keep them or not. Because um, the director, um, name has escaped me for a second, uh, Tinge Krishnan. So she hadn't actually seen the stage show when she took on the project, mm. uh, which I find quite interesting. Um, and then obviously they, I think they kept it pretty true. Obviously I didn't mm. find too much and I've never seen the show myself, but I think they kept the song wise of things pretty true, but it doesn't really answer the question that you had before. Just no, no, that's it. good. No. It's good. <laughs> uh, so consensus wise, um, it's 5.4 out of 10 on IMDb, only 884 ratings, which is minuscule when it comes to IMDb. It's very, very small. Um, with that said, if you're looking at 900 people saying what they think of a film and it's sitting at 5.4, I think that's a fair enough consensus. So middle of the road, um, not blowing people's socks off, but they don't hate it either. And on Letterboxd, that is reflected exactly. So it's a 2.7 out of 5. Uh, Letterboxd actually had more ratings with just over a 1,000, but um, I guess you could say it's a real sort of middle of the road film. Yeah, which uh, which is in a bit of contrast to the others that I've got here. So, yeah, the the Google users had it at ninety two percent, which is very very high. And the can we find ones- out how many ratings there are on Google users? I know it just pops up, and we don't really look into it too heavy. But I wonder. I'm, yeah. I'm curious about that. Um- I'm pretty sure, yeah, it's, yeah, well, I could, I'll have a look for next time when I look it up, but it, yeah. I'd say it'd be like nine or 10 people, that'd be it. That's um, what I was going to say. <laughs> the, the Rotten Tomatoes was exactly the same, though. The critics had it at 92% um, on oh. 12 reviews, so it was fresh, no consensus yet. And the audience had it at a, a little bit of a higher one, had, had it at 70%. Um, but again, yeah, that's right. only on a bit over 100. But uh, yeah, Rotten Tomatoes had it quite, quite a little bit higher than the others. Here's my hypothesis about that number. And I'm just thinking of it on the spot right now. So 11 reviews. It obviously, as you said, 
debuted at London Film Festival. Yeah. So we're talking to probably about a bunch of UK reviewers. Very proud of a nice, new, exciting UK musical, giving it a bit of a pump up. Uh, not saying that they didn't enjoy it, but I, I, maybe there's a bit of national pride there, which I have no issues with whatsoever. I would 100% take that um, interpretation. <laughs> I think you'd be pretty <laughs> spot on there. All right, let's uh, let's go into our early thoughts and what we think about this one before we get into the crux of the film. So hit us off, MJ. Yeah, this is, this is kind of a weird one because the parts of the film that didn't work for me really didn't work. Um, and I think it took a few songs before it got into its musical vibe. And it also just kind of wandered off on some weird tangents from time to time. But I thought the characters were pretty interesting. I, I think they did a good job at making them feel real. I think they did a good job at making them exist outside of just the film itself. But with that said, some of those storylines, which did keep me interested, because every, every character had their own story, and I thought that was pretty great. But some of them more or less went nowhere, which was a little deflating. Um, so to be honest, this could have been a train wreck for me because it was really just this cliche love story that I was never too invested in. But the characters had a little bit more than meets the eye and that gave it a bit of a pulse. Okay, nice. Um, I, yeah, I've, I have a bit of an affection for musicals. So I don't mind a musical. And I think I've mentioned yep. before that Hamilton at the moment I'm loving and the soundtrack oh, yeah. to that's so good. And I love Disney films and the, you know, a lot of the animated ones are musicals too. And Moulin Rouge and, uh, you know, the stage shows like the Book of Mormon by the, the creators of South Park, the Annie Phantom of the Opera, all these, you know, great productions that they've been able to turn into a, into a film, which, it stands in its own sort of right, I guess. Um, and, you know, I, was a, I, I was even in a production. <laughs> I was even in a production myself of Greece, you know, at, at high school. And, and so I do like musicals, but to me, this was, this was a disappointment. Um, I think, <laughs> I, th I think on stage, I would have enjoyed it. I think if I was sitting in a theater mm -hmm. and I was watching this on stage, it would have been a hundred percent. I would have enjoyed it. I would have been bopping my feet. Mm -hmm. I would have been um, getting along to the songs, but the, the translation of the format to film came across all over the shop. Um, mm -hmm. and, although I do think the two main leads did a really, really good job. I just think there were stages where they needed to decide exactly how they were going to tell this story. And I think that the, the message was way too mixed um, at times. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. My main question though is who did you play in Greece and, and, <laughs> when, and when was this? <laughs> uh, I was in year 11 or year 11 high oh, school. No. Um, I wasn't a cat main character. I was just in the chorus ah. and, and I even got to the, the stages towards the end of, you know, final preparations and the music director sort of said, look, Jesse, it's okay if you want to mime in the background. You don't have to sing. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so that was a nice oh. kick in the guts. <laughs> so did you sing or mime? Of course I've belted it out. I, I yeah, belted good. it out. I love the Grease songs. <laughs> good boy. Uh, all right. Uh, let's, let's chat about some characters. So uh, fill us in with who you want to talk about soon. Yeah, well, this is, this is, I guess this is kind of Simone's story, even though I think it's everyone's story. Um, um, but Simone was obviously juggling a lot. Obviously, a single mother wanting to do the absolute best for her daughter, but still kind of learning exactly what that means. And best intentions don't always translate to what is best. And she's kind of going through this discovery phase along with trying to be vulnerable enough to fall in love before realizing that she'd been burnt in the past and maybe that part of her can't be open up again. And I just, I just enjoyed exploring all these sides to her character. It wasn't just like 
I'm falling in love and I'm a single mother and that's really hard. I, I, I think there was so much that people can could cling on to um, about her past and where she's going and what she's trying to achieve. And, and, and I, I actually found her stubbornness a little bit annoying and I didn't necessarily really like the character, but I, I just appreciated that there was always going to be something happening that um, wasn't necessarily cliche. And I just appreciated those layers that she had to her character um, just to keep me interested. Yeah, um, I, I completely see what you're saying with that. I I don't know. I, I could not connect with her one little bit. And mm. I think that frustrated me throughout that without that, we've spoken about this many times before, without that connection, it's really hard to get on board with the film. And I don't know if it reminded oh, yeah. me reminded me a little bit of the incredible Jessica uh, Jones. Oh, yeah. that, I think yeah. I, I had the same sort of troubles where that opened with a musical sort of number as well. And, and the, con- the connection between the the way that she constantly treated people, she treated people so poorly. And just because she has this affirmation in the last five minutes, it's like, well, she's had this journey, so we're supposed to like her. And that really frustrated me with with her character. Um, and just some of the actions with with some of the ways that you know people interacted with her, and and it was like she just flipped out of nowhere for no reason. And um, this, this is probably a spoiler alert. So if you did want to watch this film, cool. I'm going to talk about some scenes and some stuff in this film about these characters that that sort of stood out to me. But there's there's a scene where Raymond, this this dude that she's trying to build this connection with, you know, he, he takes his bangle back to her at school. And, you know, mm. to, to me, it was like a really sweet little setup. He's doing the right thing. Perfect opportunity to be like, hey, here's my daughter. And, and not only does she lose it at him, she loses it at her daughter, which I, which, which really didn't sit right with me at all. And um. And then after that, you know, just ignoring him for, for for doing that, like to me, it was like you needed something bigger and something more mm. than than that to to completely have this, you know, this road bump in the middle of the film. Because from there, you know, you can tell well, he's he needs to move on, he needs to do something else. And then she cracks at him mm. again for for being with someone else, and she had no right to be angry. And <clears throat> that that whole character just, yeah, I think that without that connection and just those actions really threw me offside. I think I think you're 100 percent right. I basically agree with everything you're saying, and that's why I didn't like Simone as a character. But mm. I think the reasons for her behaving that way were, were well justified. I, I think that the fact they set up as her having her walls up so high because this is the life she thinks she wants for her daughter. Now we realise throughout the film this is not the life that the daughter actually wants for herself, and she's actually over mothering and probably doing the wrong thing by all this, and that's what she sort of figures out through this whole film. But yeah, I, I agree. I, I didn't connect with her at all either. And and those examples that you just pulled out there, I, probably, I felt the exact same way basically every single time too. Yeah, good. All right, well, talk to us about Raymond. Yeah, look, he was he was similarly in a discovery phase, figuring out figuring out who he was, sort of like what's next and how does he move on. Obviously, he's got that black mark from having a stint in jail. Uh, the difference between him and Simone was that he was really proactive about moving on um he was ready to explore he wanted to explore simone kind of felt like she was taking a risk by by exploring so in that sense raymond had nothing to lose um but again i just i just enjoyed that there's there was more to this character outside of his relationship with simone and it wasn't just a case of ah here's this girl i've just met who i've fallen head over heels for and how am i going to get her back it was like well i got a few other things i got to deal with too so I'm not going to waste your time doing that. I'm just going to start doing me. And um, I, I think I just, I think I just like that in the film, which you just don't always see in a, in a cliche sort of romantic comedy. 
Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with what you've said because I, I liked that he was a dude who was trying to right his wrongs. And like you mentioned, it wasn't just done through this relationship. You could see him, you know, there were often shots of him doing this pretty hard sort of work that, you know, most people mm. wouldn't want to do. Like, you know, he is down and out, he's done the wrong thing and and now he's, you know, repaying. And he's not complaining that he's, you know, cleaning streets and things like this. Whereas mm. True. I feel like, you know, Simone's constantly biting back or arguing or complaining, which makes it a lot harder to, yeah, connect with her or like her. Hmm. I guess mm. that could lead us into, um, into uh, is it Yvonne? Yvonne, yeah. Yvonne, yeah. Uh, Yvonne- I mean, Oh, sorry. sorry. Yeah. I, I just think, yeah, I, I think she's a great flip side to Simone. So, sorry, just leading into your segue. Yeah. Um, they've obviously been mates for a really long time. I think they're obviously the same age, but they've taken this really different trajectory. And, and the difference is Avon has made a real effort to stay connected with Simone and Simone's lifestyle, um, whereas, whereas Simone seems to reject Yvonne's decisions and what she's doing with her life. So, I, I, I think... Yvonne is actually a great friend. I think she's a really loyal friend. Um, I like seeing her be strong and not take shit from Simone. She's definitely more carefree and afraid of commitment during the course of the film, and we we see her really coming to terms with those issues. And I think you could perceive this as her being selfish and leading people on the wrong way, and there's a lot of negativity potentially around the way you see it. But then it's also she's doing what she wants to do because she wants to do it that way and, um, again, she has this discovery phase of herself and what she actually wants and is she living the life she wants to live? Uh, I think she kind of discovers that she is. Um, and and I just like the fact that that her lifestyle is rejected by Simone, whereas she completely leans into Simone's lifestyle, even though, you know, she'd love Simone to be, you know, better, more 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 in tune with some of the things that she's in tune with. So I, I, I think she's, and it's more on reflection. I think she was pretty great. Yeah, I, I think you said that really well. I think, yeah, the 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 same sort of lines where, even though Simone thinks she's got her stuff more together, or you know, got her got her shit mm. more together than Yvonne. Realistically, yes, Yvonne's a bit of a loose cannon. She's that comic relief. She's a bit of the super horny, want to go out and and have fun sort of girl. But I think, yeah, her values and her um, like she understands where she's in life. She understands what's going on more so than than Simone does. And yeah, I think it's. I think she she shines through that sort of thing and, and that relationship between the two sort of does a does a nice job of of that friendship that you speak of that without without Yvonne there, Simone would be so much worse off and she already is in a pretty poor spot. So Oh, for sure. Even logistically, how often does Simone look after yeah. her daughter? Yeah. Like yeah. and that's that's the sort of thing that a girl who is sort of young going out, having fun, sleeping with the bloody uh, delivery boy at work, all this kind of thing. But she's still, not only is she looking after the daughter, she's even taking the daughter to see the father because she's she's treating the daughter like a human who makes their own decisions as opposed to, and it would be difficult as a parent, a single parent as well, trying to protect your daughter. I understand that, that she wants to do the right thing. But I like the fact that Yvonne listens to, to Mandy and sort of says, well, is this what you want to do? I think you're old enough to make a decision. Let's go do it sort of thing. So, yeah. Uh, I guess Mandy there, the the daughter as yeah. well. Um, yeah, I, I didn't mind that she wanted to know more about her dad. I think that was nice to sort of have her as another character that sort of offspun what Simone was doing and and sort of proving that maybe Simone does need to give more people more cho- more chances or the ability to mm. to 
to rebuild relationships or reconnect. I, I thought that was done fairly well. I, I I appreciated that this film had a child character who could could have definitely just been there to make the mother's decision around dating more difficult. But she actually, as as with all the other characters, she had her own story. She had own real motivations and challenges, and she handled them all in her own way that they had created with this character. And um, you know, there was nothing cliche about her, and that was really cool. I think it was just a really strong um, child character, which which is great. Uh, I've got two more characters to go, but I guess I think well, I, I have I have three, but I've got them on a separate list that says yeah. now for the characters who intrigued me but left me f- unfulfilled. <laughs> cool, I'm taking that because I was going to say the other t- the other two characters I had uh, I had Barney and Gil, and I was like these two I could probably wait until the scenes, um, and I'm guessing the other one you've got is the father. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, right, they're the three, but I've got yeah. Gil as like. What what a bizarre character! Like I, I know we will talk about him in scenes. I got no doubt. But you know, was he was he mentally challenged? Was he constantly off his face? Where did he fit in everything? I just couldn't figure this out at all. Yeah, I, I the when we get to scenes, gonna frustrate because it was like this character that they opened with at the start. They're like, this is a bit random, and then it made it obvious of there was going to be some connection later on with him. And they just kept checking yeah. in with him throughout to make sure you remembered he's still there. He's still there. And, and I'd imagine that would work quite well on stage. I'd imagine I you know, this guy run, run across the stage at the end of a scene and just like to some random sort of thing. But in a film, it doesn't necessarily like you could almost remove his character. Yeah. Um, Look with Barney. I liked Barney and in, in, in this sad kind of way, I, I felt like his story was just gaining traction in the background and we we're going to get more insight into his obvious feelings that he had for Simone, his failed business, but also his inability, uh, sorry, his ability to be there for others and put people ahead of himself. I almost needed like a spin-off because they just really ignored the essence of what I felt was a really interesting character. It, it I was waiting for him to be like a big reveal as, oh, the whole story is actually about Barney or something like that. And it just never happened. It, it, it led into it really nicely. Um, and similarly with Kestrel, I was, I was the, the father. I was, I was actually really enjoying his sort of journey of redemption too. But that went nowhere either. It's like, <laughs> just a little bit annoyed. It was like, let's conclude Barney's story by you know putting some text messages on the screen to say, oh, it's a cool place to come now, and then it's all solved. It's all good. So he's, he's set. I'm to pretty go. sure he'd already made the sale, hadn't he? Didn't he sell yeah. his bar? That, that was like the last night. I thought that they, I thought it was locked and loaded and closed. Yeah. But, oh. <laughs> Oh, good. All right. Let's um. The director. Did you have anything that you wanted to add about um Tinjay Krishna? Yeah, I, I'm not familiar with her um at all. This is her second feature after the movie Junk Hearts in in 2011, and she's looks like she's done a fair bit of TV. I think she had a bit of a break because she had a couple of kids. Um, but this is this is my first introduction into her. Yeah, same. Yeah, just a lot of TV. Hadn't heard a lot of the TV that she'd done either, but. Yeah, we'll see moving forward if we get anything else, I guess. So we'll move into yeah. our scenes and we start off with the ones that we, we liked. So give us some scenes that you enjoyed in this one. I've just got a couple. Um, I I liked the scene where Simone confronts Kestrel about not seeing her daughter and, you know, why you don't have any right to see my daughter. And I, I think that was quite emotional and I appreciated the way they both handled that scene. And it, it, it kind of um, ended with Kestrel had his own little song at the end of it. Um, and this is why I say I like this character because he, he was on this journey to redemption. He wasn't, 
he wasn't expecting forgiveness. He he wasn't walking into this situation going, "Hey, I deserve this because I'm the father." Rah, rah. He completely understood that he'd done the wrong thing and he had to work bloody hard to right any wrongs in any sort of capacity. And I, I really like that little song that he that he sang that went into the next scene as well with. Um, when Yvonne kind of sung the second verse of this song, this whole like anyone can change Simone song. And and it, it actually, to me, had a bit of that Les Mis vibe where instead of just having this random song that's just been sung for the sake of putting a bloody CD single out or something, whatever they wanted to do, it felt like the the, the dialogue of the song was, was sorry, the dialogue the of yeah. the film was, was telling the story. And, and these two came together really nicely in, in what was quite a, good moment of discovery for about three or four characters good yeah i'll give you that um and the only other scene that i've got was when simone was with her mum and and she asked how she felt about her dad um and there's just a, a line there where the mum says you know he shattered the love out of me and when simone goes well does your current partner know that that's the case and he just she just said they figure it out and i thought that was really powerful um because Simone's trying to figure out why she can't fully give herself to this guy who seems pretty great. And, and maybe she's, she's worried that the love has been shattered out of her. And I, I kind of thought that was something that uh, um, almost transcends this film that uh, people going through messy breakups and messy divorces, particularly when there's kids involved. Um, you know, do you, do you ever bounce back from that? And I like that they explored it. Nice, very nice. I almost thought you said um, shattered, like the world, as in <laughs> instead of shattered. I thought it was. Uh, uh, <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm sitting here giggling, and I was like, "I'm so mature." <laughs> that was great. She <laughs> <laughs> took a shit on my on my heart. <laughs> yeah, it still still gives the same message in the end. Um, <laughs> so, so I, I think the uh, I enjoyed the scene at the end, even though. I knew this was going to happen and it was so predictable, but where Raymond's walking home and <laughs> Gil's like sort of sitting on that bridge ready to sort of attack him. Um, oh. That still, that still gave me like a good freak out. I, I thought it was like really, <laughs> that really got me really good. Um, so I thought that was cool. And um, I, I did like Mandy, the daughter standing up at the end to, to mum oh, yeah. and, and calling her stupid and, and telling her, I don't want to turn out like you. You're always pushing everyone away. And I thought that was a really nice call out from the daughter. Um, I thought it was done nicely too. And it sort of sucks that it was just that moment that led her to have this change of heart to go and re-communicate with everyone. But I did like that scene. I thought it was, it was well done. In a sense, like how, how, how can you have a bigger moment than your, your kid showing your true colors of who you actually really are? It's pretty, pretty powerful. Hmm. All right, what are some things that uh, you want to forget from this one or, or you didn't like? Yeah, so I mentioned briefly just before about some of the songs being almost like, and I, I, actually, I'm going to get into this later on, but I'm gonna, there's a couple of songs that didn't work for me. Um, the first one that uh, when they're at the bar and I, I, it was called I, I Want a Fella, um, it was just god-awful and I hated it. And when, it, when I was really struggling to get into this film and they threw that at me, it was... Um, it was an uphill battle for them after that. So the I think uh, I've got it as well in my things I didn't like because it was literally there was a line in the song about a great big tree branch for a dick. And I was like, we've got these two women that you're trying to set up in a film as being these, you know, sort of strong sort of women. Like how is that empowering for women at all? To me, that's like 
completely against what you want to try and be doing in a film like this. And, and before that, like Yvonne's lines to Simone were like, your vagina is dying and go get your piece wet. And just that lead up into that song that you mentioned, it just was not a good way to start the film. In a sense though, like that's, that's Yvonne being true to herself. Like that right now, that's what she wanted. That's not a bad thing. Like that's, uh, in fact, it's almost empowering that she's got the balls to say it. Um, yeah. But I, the song yeah. itself is just rubbish. And there's nicer ways of saying it when you probably put those, you're like trying to shock or create some sort of comedic effect and it just didn't sit. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what they were trying to do for sure. Um, I think right off the back of that, she had this weird fight with Gil in the street. Um I'm not even sure if it was during the same song. It might have been just after it. Uh, that was just ridiculous. And I think a lot of the Gil things kind of just didn't work. But that was obviously setting up almost like a almost like a meat cute between them, even though they're not because they had that connection at the end. But, um, and this is all probably in the, in the ten minutes of each other. But the song that uh, Raymond and Simone sang that look look me fully in the eye. Um, again, there was some crass stuff from Raymond in that, like basically talking about how how badly you want me kind of thing. And it just didn't feel like the Raymond that we knew for the rest of the film. Um, but that was just another awful song. Is, I think it was the lines where, um, say you don't want my baby, tell me mm. you're not wet. Yeah, yeah. All right. that was disgusting. the song. Yeah. Dis- yeah, disgusting. But that wasn't Raymond, right? Like he, he no, wasn't no, no. that kind of guy. No, it was just, it was weird, especially after that other song we just spoke about. <laughs> um, and... There's another song here as well, actually, but you kind of put this in the scenes that you like with Gil finally sort of catching up with Raymond at the end, but the scene where he was like going to cut him up and like, I think they were singing at that point as well. Um, I don't know if you, you included that in the scenes that you like, whether it was just the fact that he was waiting for him. Yeah. Okay. Cause that was, yeah, that was, I don't know what was going on there. Because, because they started singing and then, it finished off with Gil asking Raymond to stroke his hair like his mum did. That's that's right. Yeah, and you know, we know Gil was a weird dude, and I think George McKay really lo- rolled out. Sorry, leaned into that role, um, but that was just bizarre. Yeah, I agree. Weird. And the last one I have is basically Gil and Yvonne just becoming like best buds and hanging out for the rest of the night. That that to me was like a sign of the movie kind of sliding off the rails and like it's like oh we got to put all these characters together somehow there's no way Yvonne's hanging out with this guy was like terrifying to be perfectly honest um and they were just hanging out having a beer and he became normal for a little bit and then he went weird again and uh, that was uh, none of that made sense at all it was almost the same with like Barney like they they had to set him up with the the chick that (laughs) Raymond was with before as well just so everyone had some partner at the end or something it was just it was weird it was Um, weird I got a couple of others to add so yeah yeah a few of you I I agree with everything you said because (laughs) some others though but you know Gil at the start I think the first sort of time we see him where is in that kebab shop. Oh, that's sorry. It's not the first time, but one of the first times we see him is in that kebab shop and he's sort of following Raymond and then like mm. trying to get onto the bus. It was just too obvious a setup that <laughs> waiting for some conflict to happen. Like it was, it was just too, too coincidental that this hens party is going to make sure he doesn't get on the bus. It just really <sighs> didn't sit right. Um, mm-hmm. Text messages on the screen. One of my pet hates. Well, um, it is, isn't it? Yeah. It was, yeah it wasn't done clear enough for me. Like you could, they're using like this fluoro sort of pink and green colors. It was just poorly done. Um, the scene, there's a scene on the hill where, where Simone and Raymond sort of have this romantic moment. 
she does all these weird head dance movements oh, where okay. her head's tilting and they kiss weirdly and then they go mm. back to his place and there's a phone call that he missed his curfew by two minutes. I was like, seriously? And then they do this weird sex routine ritual sort of thing. This is oh, this yeah. would have been this would have been great on stage. On stage, yeah. I completely understand it. This is what I'm talking about. Like, you need to to pick away. If you're gonna have the over over the top movement so the person sitting in the back row can see it that's okay but this is a this is mm. film you've got a camera in your face so you've got to make it more realistic um at times you either go the whole way and make the whole thing that yep. campy over the top um you know over accentuating your your movements or or you don't and that really that scene really annoyed me yeah you, you bang on there yeah you you can you've got the ability to dramatize this by putting it on on a, on a video sort of thing um, and which they did for most of the film. They ignored the fact that it was <clears throat> going to be a lot of dancing and all that sort of stuff. And then every now and then they just popped it in. Yeah. Um, and, and another scene, the shower scene where you've got the split screen of them both in the shower singing that song, that would have been good on stage too. I can imagine having them on each side of the stage, singing the, the verses mm-hmm. between each other. It just didn't come across very well um, on film. Um, I didn't, like when Simone cracked it at Yvonne for taking Mandy to see the dad, you know, they're sitting on the balcony. It was just an outburst again that I was like, if you're a true friend, you don't lose it at someone that bad. You discuss it and talk about it. Um, And I guess just a little bit of a, the songs that they felt really short. Um, A lot of the time, they're like really, really short. And, 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 you know, Gil, uh, not Gil, um, Barney having a song about closing his bar. I was like, do we really need that? Like, this is a character. I know you, you enjoyed him as a character, but I was like, what does his bar closing really have to do with the the story of what we're seeing? Um, well, that's why I thought it was. I thought yeah. that's why I was waiting for the payoff with him and his story. Yeah, because we got no payoff. <laughs> that's what I'm, I'm like, we had a whole song, but we don't get a payoff. Um, yeah. <laughs> the, 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 ch- the chick from the hen's party finding Raymond in the park while he's working and had a pen. Yeah bag or a texter or a sharpie or whatever it was so she could write her number on his arm i thought that was weird <laughs> and completely unreasonable not to and, mention uh, you know she was pretty drunk the night they would have met on the bus like there's no hmm. way she would have remembered him with a, yeah. a massive like 20 second conversation out in the bus and then a chance encounter let's say weeks later like come yeah. on <laughs> and he fobbed her off pretty bad on the bus too <laughs> he was polite he was polite yeah, he was polite the the last one i've got is this whole idea of Barney and Simone at the bar, at, they sing this song at the end. Now, the, the first time you see them, you could see there was some sort of tension or awkwardness between the two. But apart from that, I had no idea that he was going to break into a song about stopping breathing when he sees, you know, every time he sees her. Um, I was like, what the fuck? We're an hour and 10 minutes into this film and we find out that he likes her that much. I was like, to me, I was like, oh, no, I knew that. You knew that. And I knew that straight away. Yeah, but we didn't get any more like, progression of that throughout. It was yeah. just like, I don't know. I, if you're going to have a song about your feelings for someone, you need to have more than like a couple of little glances or, or some sort of, you know, you need some kind of communication that he's not, yeah. being led, you know, I don't know. I, I just really frustrated. All right with that. I, 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 cause every time I saw Barney, I was in my head, I'm just like, what's going to happen with him and Simone? I, that was set up pretty well for me. Actually. Fair enough. But, Fair enough. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. Song, a song. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what, what was, what, what was this one saying? What are some themes or some ideas? Uh, there was some good stuff in it. Um, I think there was a lot about discovery and, and moving on and moving forward and, and figuring out what works for you, what works for your relationships, what's important. Um, they do a lot of work that obviously with 
the mother and daughter side of things, but also with relationships and love. And um, I, I think that's what makes the, the film interesting is that the characters all do have that their own motivation. Um, and then they've also got this idea of redemption. Obviously, Raymond's on a very literal redemption path. Um, Kestrel, again, very, very clear, um, unresolved redemption story. And, and even Simone and Yvonne's friendship throughout it, they, they, they kind of have to figure out why it's not working and what they can do to fix it. Um, and then Simone's broken heart in general, the fact that she can't allow herself to, to fall in love and, um, you know, there, there's a lot of work that goes on there. And finally, it all kind of culminates into the idea of doing what's best and knowing what's best. Um, because as, as I sort of said, your intentions aren't necessarily always going to ensure that this is the right decision. And I think a lot of characters kind of figure out and learn that what they think is best is not always what's best. Even like Gil has that, all he wants to do is kill a bloke for really no reason. <laughs> it's, it's a really big stretch. Um, she was the love of his life. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't even look at him. She, looked, she was looking at someone else. Like she was smiling at someone else. Um, so there's, there's a little bit there as well about the idea of doing what is best to get the best out of yourself. Yeah, I haven't got much to add. You've meant like love in a complicated sort of world, the the me against the world attitude of of Simone and with this idea of her, you know, changing for the good too, even though it only happened in the last five minutes, which sort of annoyed me. Um, <laughs> I don't, the only other thing that I, I touch on, and it was a random little part in the middle of this this film, which I'm guessing probably um, had something to do with the original stage show, is this this idea of um, there was a, well, I think it was. Um, I think it was Barney who said, you know, people don't want inclusivity. They want exclusivity um, where they were talking about his bar closing down and, and Simone and Raymond go to, to meet at that restaurant that's closed down. And they talk about, you know, do you want some gentrification food and this idea of upper class coming in and taking over. And I think the, the setting of this film, looking at some of the stuff I saw was, was mm. quite important. That's why they had that opening song in those market sort of streets to give the vibe of, and, and make this, this part of London look vibrant and colorful. Cause I think um, it's got this reputation that it's often quite dull and, and um, you know, not, not a, not a nice place to necessarily hang around after dark. So um, yeah, that's a, that's, that's a great pickup. Yeah. But what, what do we take away from this one? Look, I, I think this is best described as a bit of a mishmash, um, kind of a mishmash of characters that were really interesting, but their stories were not entirely resolved. It had a really weird start. It kind of hit a nice groove in the middle before it slid off the rails again at the end and, and the musical component. So again, a few songs line up really nicely when they're trying to be part of the story and part of the dialogue, as opposed to the others, which feel like they're almost standalone and, and almost wanted to be released as a single. And I've compared this to, it's like a high school musical versus Les Mis sort of thing. So the songs in high school musical are basically standalone songs. It's like we, we're doing playing basketball. You've got to get your head in the game. Bang, let's sing a song. Whereas Les Mis is basically telling a story through song, through dialogue. And I, I just think this movie switched between both because both of them are fine. They're just, they're just different formats. And I, I don't think it worked because every now and then it would just have like a, come on, let's go pick someone up and then bang, I'm going to sing a song about I want a fella as opposed to I'm going to sing about my dialogue basically. And, and that didn't really work. So I don't even know if I would recommend this as a musical. Um, 
if someone was like a massive musical fan, I don't know if I'd say like go see Been So Long because that's that's a musical. It's a little bit modern day. It's a little bit different because the musical component doesn't really stand out as much as it, it would in, in another movie. So I'm, I'm kind of torn on that that perspective. Yeah, you've said that extremely well. Um, I think as a musical, the yeah the the difference between the two and and you want it you want a story that that tells the narrative the same way. You don't want it chopping and changing in between the the dialogue mm. in in the film. And there were songs that could have been cut. There were there were moments that like the, the ones you talk about that are just sort of plonked in there. They didn't mm. they didn't help tell the story at times. So. Um, yeah, and there's moments, there's characters that, that you didn't necessarily need, need, and I think that it probably just needed some sort of work rather than maybe the straight-up adaptation that it's taken from the stage yeah. show possibly where they've gone, we need to include every character, every song, every moment in this film where you probably need to look at it a little bit and say maybe we need to switch some things up. That's a good call. You know, Arins Keane, who plays Raymond, was actually in the stage show yeah. as Raymond. Oh, that's cool. That's really cool. Um, so, but they really didn't branch out. <laughs> branch out, no, nah, not at all. And and you know they're not songs that have big, high musical moments or anything like that that you often see in musicals. So, um, yeah, it's mm, it's a true. it's a tricky one. It's a real tricky one. All right, IMDb time. Did did you jump onto IMDb to check anyone out in this one? Uh, I actually didn't because the two the two actors that I recognised, I knew straight away that you know, George McKay from nineteen seventeen and um, old mate from skins in game of thrones but um the rest of them i didn't recognize yeah i i looked up uh old mate from game of thrones kestrel um, mandy's dad so um played by joe dempsey i in my mind i thought he was in um this show called bodyguard with um richard mcfadden who plays rod um rob stark from game of thrones so i was close i was very close and i was like oh shit you are actually in game of thrones not in the body um, bodyguard show so you yeah. can see what your brain was doing i was close i'd made some connection somewhere but i, yeah. I was messed up so i was a bit embarrassed with that one okay <laughs> <That's> all right <laughs> question time what, have you got some questions that you want to ask do you believe raymond's story about why he went to jail Ooh, i like that question um I do because based on everything else we see of him as a character, I can't see why he would be lying to her, but Me too. they they try to throw you a bit with the, the way that they edit that retelling of the story makes it seem like it's, you know, the, the fast paced and the cuts makes it seem like there's bits missing. So yeah, I, I get that question because they try to throw you off. It's a hard one, but I'm also really naive and really trusting person. So maybe that's why. Hmm. Good. I like that one. That was a good one. Um, do, you play dra- <laughs> is, do you call it drafts or checkers when you play? Uh, checkers. I've never heard of drafts. Really? Huh? I was, yeah. Used to, that's, yeah. I used to call it, I just said, they were drafts. So that's, I was like, oh, it's a good British little connection. Yeah. What else? No, that's, that's the only uh, question. Uh, I um, so the title, the title is mm. been, I see it's so memorable. Uh, been so been long. So long. The song was in the film that I guess they got this title from was actually called being too long. Okay. And it really pissed me off. If the song in the film this <laughs> moment is it's been too long and I get it, it's been too long since someone's had someone, but then you title it being so long. What, I need some explanation as to why. I think it's a bad title. I really do. And, and yeah. you know what? It's only been recently that the title is actually stuck in my head. And I feel bad because we have been saying this a few, re- a little bit recently, and maybe this is on us a little bit, but this 
this this title didn't work either. I had no idea what it was when I was watching it. I had no idea what it was when I was about to watch it. I forgot it afterwards. It, it has nothing to do, like, sorry, it does have a little bit to do with the film, but I, I didn't see this film as a story about someone who hasn't fallen in love for a very long or hasn't had someone for a very long time. I think this story was so much more than that. And, yeah, that just did not work at all. I thought it was a terrible title. Yeah, because if you interpret it as it's been too long since Simone's got some or been too long since she's trusted anyone or been too long, like it's just, yeah, it's not, it's more than that. It's way more than that because. It, like, it, I mean, this movie is more than Simone. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Um, yeah. If anyone knows the answer why the song was called different to the title, I'd really like to know because <laughs> I made sure I, I stayed in the credits to read the song titles to make sure I wasn't completely losing my mind. Um, good man. I just, yeah. Uh, last one. Um, so Kestrel, should he be given a second mm. chance um, and the opportunity to spend some more time with Mandy? Look, don't, I don't have the, the full, you know, backstory and connection that they would have, Simone's obviously had with him, but I think really, really baby steps might be a good thing for him and, and, and for Mandy and even for Simone, to be perfectly honest, I think there's a, he seemed like his intentions were really, really pure and, I would kind of like to see that progress. I did, we didn't mention, neither of us mentioned this, but how awkward was that scene where um, both him and, they, and Raymond met at that pool hall and then the daughter was like grilling them both. So weird. Her yeah, and her was- random little mate from school have just, have just coaxed these guys. Oh, actually no, Raymond rocked up on his own accord, but it just coaxed Kestrel down to the pool. hall. was like, yeah, I'll, I'll meet a seven-year-old there or whatever old she is. And the, you know, the, the kid, I'm glad that her friend, Ben, I think his name was that when they got back to the house that, you know, um, Simone specifically said, please make sure you take him home. Cause that would have annoyed. Yeah. Him. No, he said, call, call, call her mother, call his, call his parents. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. All right. Let's, uh, let's wrap this one up at the end of the show. We, we give the film a rating out of five and then give it an average for our flicks forum show. So what have you got for us? Yeah, look, it was a little bit all over the place. Uh, the plot was super cliche and dull, but. I did appreciate the layers of the characters, the fact they had their own stories and their own motivations. And it actually felt as if they all lived outside the 90 minutes that I was watching them for. So it didn't make it a great film, but it did save it from being a catastrophe. So it, it sneaks up to a two and a half stars for me. Nice. Very nice. Um, yeah, I've... The, the, this needed some big changes to work from the stage to the screen for me. Uh, and like I've mentioned throughout, they needed to go the whole way over the top or, you know, change certain things, just make it consistent the whole way through. Um, and I reckon that if this was just a linear romantic narrative or just a, a straight adaptation of the the original stage show, I probably would have dug it quite well because the, the story is mm. a nice little story. So I think just the, the songs in between sort of threw it a bit for me. So I'm giving it a two out of five, which yeah. gives us an average of a 2.25, which isn't too bad. Good. I'm happy with that. Yeah. Good. All right. Um, we're on social media. We have Twitter. We have Facebook. We have Instagram. What's question for you? What's your favorite musical? Uh, it's probably Lame Is. Lame Is. Nice. Yeah. I do like Lame Is. Lame Is is a very, yeah, I do like Lame Is too. It's a tough one. I don't know. Like I, just mm. the recency, probably Hamilton at the moment, because I, I can't speak. Yeah. I just love it. It just. Ah, it's so good but um mm. yeah it's a it's a good one phantom of the opera is up there um book of mormon i saw that in great. yeah in on broadway phantom of the opera phantom of the opera so wicked mm, wicked on broadway ago. was great as well wicked's a great 
great show. Um, yeah, there's so many good musicals. It's a hard one. And unfortunately, this one doesn't quite sit in there with those ones. Not quite. It doesn't quite make the mark. You're right. <laughs> no, not quite. <laughs> All right. We're, we're back again next week. Um, no, no musicals next week, but we have a, a 2018 film and it's a Christmas rom-com. Christmas film. Oh. We're, we're getting into the Christmas season a little bit early. It's only November, but we're, we're hitting it early. So it's uh, called The Holiday Calendar. And it's directed oh. by Bra- Bradley Walsh. It stars Cat Graham, Quincy Brown, Ethan Peck, Ron Cephas, Jones, and Ron Cephas Jones. I stuffed up that again. So that's <laughs> that's uh, what, what we've got next week. I need to make sure I put I, that I'll allow it. It is a little bit early, but if 2020 is anything to go by, we're allowed to start our Christmas celebrations a little bit early. My wife was saying the other day we should put Christmas. She said ages ago we should put Christmas, cele- Christmas decorations up in November. And I'm a big Christmas purist, so it doesn't sit as well with me. But I get the fact that everyone wants a little bit of bit of niceness in their day. So I don't know if I'll do it in November, but I will allow myself to watch a uh, Christmas movie in November. As we're recording this, it's uh, in where we are in Melbourne. It's Cup we're Weekend for Melbourne Cup. Um, and Melbourne Cup Weekend, yeah, my my mother puts up Christmas decorations uh, Cup Weekend every is year. Is that so, right? Yeah, that's her. So her first, first Tuesday of November is uh, Melbourne Cup Weekend. So Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, they're... Next time I, I get to visit there, the, the tree and everything should be up, I'd say. The tree? Obviously, yeah, like everything. Because it will die. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Fake tree. But yeah, everything everything will be wow. up. Wow. Yeah. That is yeah, early. Crazy. But yeah, we, we can probably talk a bit more about Christmas next week, hopefully. And um, I think we will. Yeah. Give that one a crack. Good chatting, as usual. Very good. Yeah, that one needed a bit of a dissection. Yeah. And um, I'll see you next week. You'll see me then.